I'm Janine, and this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And yes, it doesn't really typically look like my studio, but I'm broadcasting remotely, and it is my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Natalie Jenner. Hi. Hi, how are you? Fantastic. As I mentioned, I've added a video component, which is making things kind of fun for people to not only listen to the show on the station on Mondays at nine, but also watch a YouTube clip because I like getting to know my guests. So thank you. No problem. You must have been doing this a while because to suddenly combine all that, it would be difficult. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It is for me. (laughs) Um, Yes. I mean, I've been doing the radio a long time and I love the guests and everything, but I think the whole quarantine, it's really nice to connect with people. Absolutely. Seeing faces. We're meant to see faces. I know. And sometimes I think, oh, I don't need to do you know, the video too, but it's fun. I mean, and it's a, a rare opportunity. So thank you. No, no, thank you. So tell me about your latest book. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. My book is, I have a copy right here. <laughs> so it's called The Jane Austen Society and it's a work of historical fiction. It takes place at the very end of World War II and most of the trauma and loss is behind a lot of the villagers who live in the small village of Chawden where in real life, Jane Austen spent the last decade of her life and revised or worked on from scratch her six major works. So a group of villagers decide to come together and try and save this cottage. That happened in real life, but my story is completely made up in terms of the people involved. So the setting is real, but I wanted to have real free artistic license to run amok with my characters. I like that. Yeah. Um, I know it must be very hard right now, obviously, with doing a book tour. Yeah. how does it feel to, you know, have this book out? Um, what was the process like in writing it? So this was one of those very serendipitous um, situations in life where for decades I had tried to get published and I have five manuscripts in a drawer locked away now firmly. <laughs> um, and then about exactly two years ago, I decided to write again for the first time in a long time. And I was using writing to distract myself from some difficult medical challenges facing my husband. And he was given a, one of those diagnoses with potential very limited time. So you have to learn to live hour by hour. And I was doing a lot of escape reading. And for me, that's Jane Austen. And after about a year of escape reading, because it did take almost a good year and a half for a full, complete and accurate diagnosis. I um, I felt like I'd done unintentional research and I felt like writing again because he was doing well on some experimental drugs and I had a hope again and he is still stable on those drugs. So we've bought ourselves time and I decided to sit down and write about people trying to save an old building of some kind. I'd been watching a lot of Downton Abbey and Escape to the Country, which are shows about like real estate finds of bolt holes in the country in England. And I wanted to write about people coming together, banding together in the time of uncertainty. And then as a group, not related through family, but as friends um, and sharing a common bond despite being very different from you know, each other in terms of socioeconomic status, et cetera. Um, so I started to write one day and I knew only three things, Janine. It was gonna be called the Jane Austen Society. There'd be eight to 10 characters evenly split between men and women and they would all be crazy for Jane Austen, so. I love it. Yeah. What a great thing for you to do. I mean, I call that your get the funk out moment. Yeah, yeah the you title know? of your show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I always find it so interesting when I love hearing from authors, but I always like hearing 
what's the real story behind the story? Like, how did yeah. you, why did you turn to writing? And that sounds like it really helped you between the reading, which then inspired you to write. And it's so interesting too, you shared how you had all these manuscripts kind of tucked away. And yeah. I know I've been guilty of that. Like they're just collecting yeah. dust and yeah. then something happens and you take that step and then you keep going. And, you know, to be absolutely frank, for about a year, all I did was watch Cheers and Frasier on a continual loop. Okay. And, and I, read, I, I read a lot of Twitter. Like, I was doing whatever I could to distract myself. And then I was listening to a show that you did and, and just getting to know you a bit um, before coming on. And you had mentioned that when you are in grief, throwing yourself into something you know you already love. Yes. And that's what I did. I wasn't consciously doing it, but I knew oh, I love these Jane Austen books. I read them like every few years. I know I'm going to go into a safe world. I know I'm going to feel good at the end. And so that's what I did. And, and then by reading them all in order really quickly, I got into, I sort of got sucked into a rabbit hole with Jane Austen. There's so much out there that's so fascinating about why she resonates with people. And I realized through a lot of my research, she really resonates with people who are going through trauma and grief, that she had been even prescribed to World War I soldiers. Winston Churchill read her during the Second World War to, you know, get through the blitz. So these are experiences that were really resonating with me. And so the book really came from my heart. It came from a place that was very real. And it was a chance to wrestle with emotional and psychological issues that I was having to confront that were very scary. Yes. But to do it through my characters. And I think, Janine, a lot of people write to get away from themselves, or at least I do. <laughs> I write to create a separate world. It's not memoir. It's none of my characters are really like me at all. But I wanted to create a separate world where I could step into it and disappear. And the beauty of the creative mind or project was that at the end of it, I could look back. And even to this day, sometimes my family will be like, you know, you're really like Mr. So-and-so. And I wouldn't have consciously processed that when I was writing. And it's a way, I think, for us to engage with our our deepest issues in a much more fun way mm -hmm. than mulling over them and yes. brooding over them. I love that because you can put yourself in different characters, a little piece in this person, a little piece in that person. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I got eight. I got eight of them. So there's, <laughs> there's a lot going on. It's, it's a big soup of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was so intrigued because I always love talking to writers and when you find that flow in life, it's so important. Did you, were you a writer when you were little? Yes. I mean, my mother says I wanted to write before I could even read. She's like, I don't know what you were doing, but you were walking around like, and I always thought I was going to be a writer, but I'm very pragmatic. I'm the daughter of a mathematician actuary. And we all went into the maths in my family. I was going to go to law school and I knew that would liberate me to study whatever I wanted in undergrad. So I studied English literature, but I never did a creative writing course. And I'm very self-taught, really recommend Stephen King, Francine Prose, Anne Lamott, um, those books, like they taught me so much. And I wrote around my daughter's school schedule and my work. Mm -hmm. And um, when she was really little, I wrote from five to seven in the morning. And to go back to what you were saying about creative flow with this book, I always write without an outline. Like I don't plot at all. I don't even, I don't even know what the first sentence is going to be. I don't know what the next sentence is going to be. And something about that keeps me in this very free zone. And I just let it happen. I let it ride through me. And what was really wonderful with this book was that it just flowed so 
like so seamlessly. And I think that I was meant to write this book at that time. And my last advice, I guess, or only advice for writers, because I'm no template for success, because it's taken me 20 years to get published. But it <laughs> would, okay. but it would be that all those years of writing, I thought were a waste. And it was heartbreaking to me to get close with publishers and agents and it never happened. I have an yeah. Excel with 300 agents names on it. And it was like, no, no, like silence. Right. But I was exercising a muscle. I was developing a skill that I can use anytime I want bed when I wake up at five, if I can't sleep by the pool, whatever. And I was getting better at it. Just nobody else thought so. But then, but then what happened was at this very difficult time in my life, when I finally felt that we had a new normal that I could kind of cope with, I was able to use the skill to become more aware of myself, to distract myself, to learn about myself and to feel happy and joy. I felt so much joy while I was writing this book. And I think it shows because people tell me that there's there's laughter in it. It's, it can be quite witty in parts because I love humor and writing. It's, I love Jane Austen for a reason. So I do think that this was one of those times in life where I, I call it the muse and the muscle kind of mm -hmm. like really met at the right time. Yeah. And you must feel incredible. Like you look at this book, it's done. The cover is beautiful. Yeah. You already have plans for another one? Yes. Yeah. I have actually something with my agent and I have plans for a third. Um, I toggle around different time periods and eras. I'm mostly interested, Janine, in stories of different characters and how they interact and how they come together, whether they're family or friends and the secrets we, come, we keep from each other and um, never giving up. I like so, that. so that's, I tend to write about people saving art or being in art or culture in some way, um, saving history. Those seems to be recurrent themes in my writing generally, yeah. Any advice for people that are wanting to finally get their book done and they're struggling? I mean, I think for me, it's learning what works for you. So everyone has a different process. So some people will say, oh, I sketch out all my characters beforehand. Some people are like, I have to write the end first and then work backwards from there. That would be the death now to my creativity. <laughs> I could yeah. never do that. So I think the key thing is, is actually not to listen to other people too much. Mm -hmm. And it's to listen to the greats read the greats, you know, read the great books that are coming out now and that have come out in the past, but really pay attention to when you're most free and happy and, and energized when you're writing, because everyone's creative mind and muscle is unique to them. Right. Um, one thing I just wanted to add is I love the work of Elizabeth Gilbert and there's a book about yeah. um, magic, creating magic or, um, Oh, I know which one. You know which one about. I'm talking about. Yeah. I haven't read it, but I heard, I heard it was, it's amazing right. about creativity. It kind of reminds me of you right now because oh, I no, know. Go me, read it. Well, it, it's amazing because she talks about how you'll get an idea and you need to run with that idea because that idea might go to somebody else and yes. you need to nurture that idea. And yes. I'm not going to give anything else away, but it's really worth reading. Um, but I think it's called big magic. Big and magic. I, I think, big and magic. I think that, the thing that I've learned too about all of that is in terms of writing a story before somebody else runs away with it is everyone's like, how do you get published? Like all these books are coming out. I said, nobody knows what sells. And when they bought my book, it was a year and a half ago that they bought my book at auction in New York, St. Martin's press. Mm -hmm. So it's taken a year and a half for it to come out. What is very weird and no one's analyzing it too much because there's, 
just a horrible thing going on in the world right now. But it is very strange to be releasing it in a time of so much uncertainty for so many people about their own health and the health mm. of their loved ones, right? right? But I wrote the story that I most needed to write at that time. And my advice for people is don't worry about what everyone else is doing and don't look at trends because the industry changes. It's actually behind its own self by a year and a mm. half. Write the one story that you most need to tell. And it doesn't have to be a memoir. It's the story that's really most attractive to you. And then I think you'll tell a story that nobody else could tell. And I'll give you a little edge in a pretty crowded market out there. Yeah. That's great. That is great advice. Where can people find out more about you? NatalieJenner.com. <laughs> it's all there. <laughs> uh, last name is J-E-N-N-E-R. Thank you so much. This has been great. And congratulations. Thank you so much, Jane. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm glad our tech worked. Yay. <laughs> so, and isn't this great? So, I mean, I know you didn't expect when you wrote your book and it came out that you'd be doing Zoom calls. <laughs> every day. <laughs> every day. But this is great. Yeah. People can see yeah. you and hear you. And it's fantastic. People say that. People say that when they hear authors speak and they really understand the process and feel a connection that they just wouldn't get otherwise. So we're very lucky, bizarrely, to be able to do this with modern technology at this time. I think so too. All right. So thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay. Take care. <laughs>